3: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia
0: vaccine. AT&T connects in old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. ATT.
4: From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed schoolchildren who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gems.
5: Welcome to the Dropping Gems podcast. I am your host, Debbie Brown. This is a show where we dive into, unpack, and really savor higher consciousness, making it applicable for our everyday life, all in service to our liberation and the deepest healing that is available to us. So last week, uh, we shared an episode with my dear sister and friend and brilliant, brilliant woman and creator, Angela Rye. And the episode that we shared was a recording of an event that we spoke at together, the Black Love You Retreat, which was an incredibly special day. Huge shout out to Cody. We we had a really expansive conversation around self-care, also included a viral clip And this week, Angela is actually joining me so we can dive into even more conversation around her powerful, beautiful, huge life, the work that she does in the world, the work that she does on herself, um, and all of the gems that she has to drop. So Angela Rye is the principal and CEO of Impact Strategies, a political advocacy firm in the nation's capital. She's a CNN political commentator and NPR political analyst. She's been featured as an influential politico lawyer and advocate by several publications and outlets from Marie Claire to Ebony and The Washington Post. Rye has an unwavering commitment to ensuring positive change in the political process. Raya is a prominent strategist who has offered her on-air commentary for several media outlets, including BET, CNN, NBC, HBO, ABC, MSNBC, and TV1. The depth of her dialogue ranges from political campaigns to more complex legislation and administration policies that have long-term implications nationally and internationally. Upon moving to the nation's capital, Rai co-founded Impact, a nonprofit organization that seeks to encourage young professionals in three core areas, economic empowerment, civic engagement, and political involvement. Born and raised in Seattle, Washington, Rye learned the importance of advocacy through her family's political and community activism. She is a proud graduate of the University of Washington and Seattle University School of Law. She is my dear sister. She is my friend. I love you. I deeply, deeply respect all the work that you bring into this world, and I am honored to have you here. Welcome, Angela Rye. All right, let me start it like this, because I'm pretty sure everyone has heard our episode um, that we just aired from our conversation at the Black Love event that we did, um, which was such such a beautiful day. And we've had some clips from that event on the webs um, that have really had a lot of beautiful dialogue coming out from them. (laughs) So some of our conversation that we did that everyone's heard, I hope, if you haven't, go back to that episode. uh, We went a little viral and there were like millions and millions of hits on this conversation, which was really beautiful because something you and I... Are in really deep practice with with one another as friends and in our personal lives, is our boundaries. It's it's really related to like how we show up in the world with the callings and of our life as women in our friendships and all the facets of our being. Uh, and so it was really for me so interesting to see the variations and how people receive that information. Right, like. From people, some people, saying, oh my God, I didn't know I could have permission like this to say I'm unavailable for anything that is not mutually beneficial. Um, to the people that said, what, who do you think you are? That's selfish. And so it's it's such an interesting spectrum, I think, that we find ourselves in on this journey sometimes. Um, so we're going to dive all into that. I'm getting the cart ahead of the horse. Number
6: one, how are you? Really good. Really, really good. It's funny because I'm hearing you say this um, about the conversation and I had um, an exchange with someone that I didn't see the comments, but I had an exchange with someone um, about you saying that. And I was like, I've literally experienced her from my vantage point, pour out everything to me when I'm you know completely depleted. And I was like, that's not my experience. I was like, to me, what that means is that um, she's not going to allow her love, her gifts, her time to be abused yeah. or misused. And you, I remember you telling me like, I don't know when I'm pouring out too much. And you're clear about those boundaries too. So it's interesting that the default for yeah. folks is one that is so negative. But to your point, Debbie, we're not used to setting boundaries. I'm learning how to set boundaries and I'm about to be 42 this month, right? Like it's 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 a new thing. And so folks are used to being like, in order to be loved, like we have to lay our lives mm-hmm. down. We have to be martyrs, like, you know, available to whatever you need and hell with whatever I need for myself. And so I think that it, it's revolutionary. And because of that, you will be challenged, but you were spot on. Well, and it's funny because I think, It also
5: depends on what everyone's definition of certain words are, right? Like we have certain words that have baseline definitions in the dictionary, but our emotional connection to certain words is different for all of us based on our unique set of circumstances. And so people have, there were some people overwhelmingly, it was like, everybody was like, yes, like there were all of these, like, you know, duets on TikTok and all the places. And, but for a few people, and it was the minority, for a few people, it was like, oh, so if someone needs your help, you're just not willing to give it. And I'm like, where did that clip say that? So I, I think it I think it triggered a right. couple things in people. I think it triggered people that are manipulators and abusers who don't want people to be in their boundaries, who are used to getting over in manipulative tactics, triggered them. Yeah. And then it also triggered people that have become really connected to this identity of their martyrdom, this identity that they have to earn love. um, And they haven't started the journey walking back from that to see where it started. And so it can be really conflicting to hear information like that. Like there is another way to be if you have um, minimized your own needs and pain to fit this certain identity. But the word mutually beneficial, you know, it's like... Well, me wanting to is a benefit, you know, mutually beneficial doesn't have to mean I'm receiving something in, in return, especially in the exact moment, the benefit for me could just be that I genuinely want to. And that goes from changing a diaper to taking out the trash. Like that's the benefit for me to take out the trash. I'll do it when I'm led.
6: (laughs) When it starts stinking, but you know, the other thing though, too, Debbie is, All that it really illuminates um, for me, I think, again, going back to you, is there's just people that don't know you, don't know your character and haven't experienced that, right? And so because people have been out here really hurt and harmed by folks where there was love one way, they don't know. And so to the point... It's really a lot more about them and their experiences than it is about how we experience you in the world. But for those of us who know and love you, like you know, the first like it's the furthest thing from the truth. It's like, oh, you just didn't understand. That's not her. Oh no, but whoever (laughs) thinks that, please
5: feel free to continue to think whatever you think. I'm not harmed or moved in any way. You know what I mean? And and I mean that honestly. Like there is no charge for me in saying this. These are the conversations we need to have. And my, my point isn't going to land for everyone, and it's probably not going to be the best fit for everyone. And that doesn't mean they're wrong or I'm wrong. We all have different pathways to the truth. And for those that resonated with the way that I said it and felt a little more free because of it, that's how I was meant to be used as a conduit of God. For those that don't, I hope they find the path that resonates more closely with what they need to know and hear to find their freedom too, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have been um, I guess really in the thick, thickety, thick, thick talking about friendship, talking about boundaries in our recent conversations. And, you know when I think about like all of us in this interesting time of life coming out of the pandemic um, and this year flying by, like we, we were in 2020, like, where's 2021? We make it to 2021 and blinked an eye and now we're going into 2022.
6: Yeah. But you know, how,
5: what have been your gifts of the last couple of years of these transitions of these like moments to have a little bit more breathing room, have a little more opportunity to step outside of our roles and our relationships. What
6: has meant the most to you? Mm, I think so much. I think, um, one, the pandemic really taught me, um, how much output in the world. Like I was just always gone, always traveling always performing, like all of that. And it like it, like it it hit me and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And it felt like, oh, I'm, I get time for myself. Like, oh, I can really rest. And then it started to feel a little Groundhog's Day-ish. Like, okay, I wake up doing the same exact thing every day. So then it really became about how do I um, share my gift with the world when I do believe part of my gifting is my voice. And so I think so many of us defaulted to Um, a platform that recently crashed, but um, Instagram, Instagram Live and that kind of thing and really sharing our thoughts there. I was spending a lot of time um, on FaceTime with friends, um, built like a tremendous sisterhood and friendship with some Black women in media that it really changed my life. And in so many ways, like we'll say that it made my quarantine experience. We were doing happy hours on, you know, on Zoom and all kinds of things, celebrating friends' birthdays that way. And Debbie, with all of the lives lost now, I think we're in excess of 700,000 people. What it taught me mostly is that life is precious. And it doesn't mean that we have to rush or force our experiences, but it does mean that we owe it to every day to ourselves to give our very best. And of course, that looks different for everyone. My best today might be different than tomorrow. I keep thinking about and regurgitating what Fat Joe says today's price is it or yesterday's price isn't today's price or vice versa. You know, and that's the same even for our best yeah. effort. Like it's not going to look the same every day, but you know if you did your best. And I think that same thing applies to our relationships, like showing up as our best self, showing up how we want people to show up for us. Um, and I think that I am so blessed because I have friends and family um, who've done that and consistently do that without being tugged or pulled. Our demand, like making demands of them, like that's just what they do. Mm. So I have great examples.
5: To mm. That's so beautiful. It feels like, you know, for those that had the ability um, to be with this moment in human history in that way, it there was just so much freedom to be had you know and and the room that we needed i feel for the integration because i think sometimes we come into these places yeah. with ourselves over our lives where we really tap into this change we really tap into um the ability to have these noticings and these shifts but then life doesn't always afford for us yeah. to actually make the change and that's what it felt like this year yeah. did like it gave us the space to not only make the change, but integrate the changes.
6: Wow. that That's powerful too, because you think about um, the many instances, like I love saying that we're baptized by fire, you know? And so you hop out of that baptism and you're like back to life as usual. And that's not really what happened. And so I really feel what you're saying. Like there was this moment of, you know, like a, a big paradigm shift, a big, you know, evolution. And then it's like, okay, now you kind of get to walk it out and practice it partially because we're not all the way back to whatever normal yeah. was. And I don't know that we'll ever get back to that. And I hope but not. even that, like the, you know, the <laughs> I hope people at least stay safe and get better. But yeah, like in terms of normal, like that monotony of doing work and you being the work and you know treating your body as um <laughs> a mule, yeah. right? Like I, I hope that we don't get back to that pace. Like it was a neck breaking pace. Yeah.
5: Yeah. You know, your pace, especially I think was so, could be considered so net breaking um, because the work that you do requires so much, you know, like it's like, it requires you to be on all cylinders. And it also really requires you to be embedded in some of the more challenging things about being alive, some of the more challenging things about existing in this place. You know, some of us do get the opportunity, especially when we're in our wellness journeys to really cocoon. Um, But the work that you've been charged Mm -hmm. with and called to do is showing up so powerfully in the world and especially on behalf of those who need it, Um, Mm -hmm. which means you have to stay so plugged in to really some of the things that are harder to carry. How do you find balance in that? Um, Or how do you find
6: ways to show up for yourself at the deepest level? You know, Debbie, that's, you know this personally, but it is a work in progress. Like I've not mastered it by any stretch, you know, at all. And so one of the things that I'm learning now is because of this time that we've had to really, like you said, cocoon, indulge in self-care, really figuring out things like I'm going to take care of myself because I'll be better for everybody else. Saying that is easier than doing that consistently. And so now when something comes along, like, you know, it's a police shooting or like some of the legislation that's currently being considered on Capitol Hill or the back and forth in politics or, you know, whatever cultural viral moment is happening on air, um, somebody, you know, saying they're a black person, but not acting like it. Right. And then saying things that are harmful to the culture, literally harmful to the culture. So not just assigning judgment or passing judgment on one's blackness, but literally harmful. Um, I get mad now. Cause I'm like, you're threatening my peace, you know, yeah. like, and, and what I've found recently is I can't be in, um, I can have peace within myself, But there's a different type of um, self-centeredness and selfishness when I have to block out what's happening in the world to people who look Mm -hmm. like me, who have a similar experience with me. And If I turn a blind eye to that, that's not my peace. That's a false sense Mm -hmm. of peace, right? I'm creating a bubble that distances me from reality. I'm not saying that we don't ever need to unplug sometimes, but for the convictions that I have and what I believe my mission and purpose are, I can't divorce myself from reality to the point where I just am not an advocate for people who, you know, need to survive, mm. who, need to th- who need to thrive and just don't have those tools, who may not have the context, who may not have the ability to strategize in that way. That's not true compassion and that's not real peace for me. So for I've had to learn, I'm still learning, to be clear. I'm still learning how to maintain balance, inner peace in the midst of the Mm. chaos. Like, can I bring peace and healing to the situation? Can I bring the gifts and the experience that I have to a situation and not turn a blind eye to it just because it would be so Mm. much easier for how I feel to sit with whatever peace I've created for myself? You know what I mean? That dichotomy for me is crazy. Yeah. It's hard. So I'm
4: very that. And how yeah. And
5: what is that, what is that piece as you're in process of constructing it? What does that look like?
4: Hmm.
6: You know, I can tell you what it mm-hmm. feels like. It's like, um, it's like, you know, your favorite blanket when you were a kid, it is this warm, fuzzy feeling where like, you know, it's really safe to drop into surrender. It is Um, you know, the smile that you can, that you can put on your face because you're thinking about, you know, God's goodness or the people who model God's goodness every day for you. Like, that's what it feels like to me. And there are moments, Debbie, you know, in this world, even thinking about like the migrants, the Haitian migrants at the border, where that when that thought comes in your mind, it just crashes that whole system for me. It's just like, oh. You know, and for me, I'm going, okay, I know that I deserve to feel this peace, but I know they do too. You know what I'm saying? And it's like really finding that balance. I can tell you really honestly, at every point in my life where I've really dropped down, knowing I needed to, but really dropping down into my higher self and really tapping into what I'm supposed to become and how I evolve spiritually. Every time I've had these seasons where I'm like, oh, I can't be super pro-Black, I've I can't be, you know, like in college, I was like, I was like, I'll, you know, kind of participate in the BSU, but not really. I started the BSU in high school. I'm the daughter of an activist. And I went through these things where I'm like, I have to be all in here or all in there. I don't know how to do both. And at this point in my life, I'm like, I got to do both. Because I am, yes, I'm a spiritual being, but I'm living in a human body. And there are human bodies who look like me all over the world who are threatened. I owe it to these folks to stand with them, to be an ally with them, but I can't do it from an empty cup. And I think that's the thing that I've learned from you. It's like, no, when you have these pockets, those are your pockets. Take Mm -hmm. care of yourself because you're going to be back out here. And I was just like, I don't want to go back (laughs) out there, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. I want to stay right here. And it's like, no, but you have to. That's your calling, right? So it's just understanding that balance. And hopefully I'll understand it. soon. right now I'm just navigating. And you know, the balance always changes. And the
5: balance is never a 50-50. And that's what I think, like, especially when we even share these conversations with people, and especially women, it's so important that we create that as the baseline. Like, I hate that idea of like work life balance we're finding our work life balance like it's never 50-50 that's not the nature of this yeah. you know it's it's really like you said it's those pockets it's okay i have a little extra time to take care of me or to think you know about myself first so i am going to take that instead of that filling that with me doing more and more and more mm-hmm. for others you know um but that balance it's mm-hmm. so tricky it's like surrendering <laughs> To the fact that sometimes it's like 2080 and sometimes it's like yeah. 6040.
6: And that's tough. When you know it feels so much better in the pocket. Yeah. Like I love like you just like, yeah, it's the pocket, but the pocket is not meant for you to stay there. It's meant for you to get what you need and come back yeah. out. And that is like, I'm in resentment of that right now. I'm like, I don't wanna leave. I don't want to leave. I like it here. Right. (laughs) It feels good. And it's like for who you're charged to be in
5: the world, it's like God needed you to have this moment, this moment of like burrowing in the pocket, being hugged by the pocket, cocooned in the pocket. You know, like you have such big work to do on earth and it requires all of you. And it feels like like the way that I see you take up space in the world. For me and my purview, it feels like you are one of the first examples of how to be a soul-led political leader. You know, like the the, mm-hmm. the terminology in Deepak used to have a phenomenal program around this, but like being a soul-led leader, I think it's easy for us to think of that if like you're leading in the church, you're leading at school, you're leading in wellness. Mm-hmm. You're leading in the political sphere, you're leading in the sphere of all the spaces that really investigate and break down and call out various injustices, you know, and so we don't have a lot of examples of soul-led leaders. So even you know, it's probably some of that challenge of when you're the first of your kind. how do i how do I forge this new path with all of me with the deep holistic side of myself, the deep political side of myself, the cerebral, the spirit? Um, does it feel like that? Do you feel sometimes like there's not as many examples to pull from?
6: You know i it's weird because what I mostly feel is like we don't exist in one of these boxes yeah. like you right like I can understand why people um would describe me as like a political leader or a political voice, but there's so yeah. much more than that. What's happened is I've Um, I tapped into the fact that our politics impact every aspect of our lives. I am for the culture through and through. So I'll deal with racial injustice, with political injustice, economic injustice, all injustices, because I'm all about equity. So really what I feel like it boils down to is there are a number of people, including you, sis, who I look to for leadership in these spaces where I know I'm deficient. Like, okay, I know I need help here. Let me let me ask. I can't ask for help now. That's new. <laughs> I can ask for help now. That's new. So, what can I do? How do I, right? Like, how do I um, not be the best me for yeah. y'all, but be the best me for me? So, I'm an available, accessible, healed yeah. vessel, or at least healing. And that is for whatever the mission is, you know, whether it's writing this book or it's, um, you know, uh, doing a YouTube post or, Hosting a special, my role here is ensuring that every piece of content I create tells the mm-hmm. truth about who we are and who we're becoming. You know, and so politics is a part of that, but it's not yeah. all of that. It defined me for a long time. And I think the 2016 election was really an early midlife crisis for me because I'm like, that's not what I signed up to do. I don't know what's happening here, but that's yeah. not what I signed up to do. I have put all of my hope and trust and faith in a system that could be trivialized so easily. And it doesn't mean that we don't participate in that way anymore. But Debbie, you know this better than me. That's not only where our power yeah. lies, right? And in order for me to um, help people to access their power, I have to be comfortable with mine, Yeah, you know? And I can't do that broken. I can't do that in denial. I can't do that out of purpose, out of sync, right? I can't do that going off on people on air when that's not even the way that my gift is supposed to be used, right? And so in order for me to um, be a soul-led leader... Or be a healed leader, I have to know clearly who I am and where I'm going. Doesn't mean I won't ever have blind spots. I got folks like you to to tell me when I can't see something like, hey, sis, you missed this spot right here. Thank God. But like, we can't deepen into that work and really live out that work if we don't have folks around us who are, you know, soul family and can help guide us down that path. But to me, it's so much bigger than. A political mission. It is about how to ensure that our culture, our folks are more powerful than they've ever been. And that means taking a look at the whole picture, holistically what has to shift. And that means I got to figure that out for me too. Okay.
5: So I have two places I want to go because you just touched on something that was really powerful that I had never heard before. Before I get to that piece, um, I just want to call out two pieces of language I would like to be reframed this idea of deficiency. Okay, yes. I've heard you use that word mm. before, and I want to really challenge it with you because there is nothing about you that is deficient. And it's like, mm. you are so powerful and, and you hold such a high level of a mirror and accountability to the world that I think sometimes you're a little too harsh with yourself in the way that you see things. Because mm. my sister, you are not deficient in a thing, you know? So even that, even that's just like a tiny little, a tiny little area to soften because there are some things that we're in progress with at, at varying levels from others, but we are, we're all whole and you do so, so many things so powerfully right for yourself. So I just want to challenge that word as a way to describe it and the word, um, blind spot. Because you are not blind to anything. Mm. You may be called to focus on other facets of growth or healing at different times because we can't do it all at once. Um, but you have mm-hmm. you have great grand vision. So I just wanna say that.
6: Um now, Debbie, you know. I can see this way. <laughs> Periphery might be like, Now, if I take these contacts out, you might not, you might Girl, I'm blind. Hush. You will be blurry, child. So there's definitely blind spots. Well, there's spots that we just don't so.
5: acknowledge yet because the the lesson isn't complete. You know, the, the piece of it that we needed for our shifting isn't always completed. I don't think you're blind to anything. Yeah. But you are.
6: You tell me. I think okay. that's good. No, no. I, I love, love that. Yes.
5: Like, I'm just challenging the language like, that we talk to ourselves with because I do think that's important. Okay, give me a, give me another word. So for blind spot, in the way that you use that word, I would say, um, you know, maybe an area you're still in discovery with, because they're like when I okay, think that, of, that, when, that when I think that. of our conversations, <laughs> even the things that sometimes yeah. you be like, oh, girl, that was a blind spot for me. Thank you for showing me that. The deeper truth is, it wasn't. You're wise okay. as hell. Like you're very very wise, and it was something that you already maybe saw or touched on, there was just opportunity to fill in some of the blanks.
6: I, I think that you are an incredible blind <laughs> and I think it's hard. No, I'm serious. I'm serious, Debbie, because like whatever it is, whether we don't want to say deficiency. We may not want to say weakness. We may not want to say blind spot. But like for to have somebody, and that to me, it, maybe this is my lo- crazy love language, but to me it's like to have somebody that will be that like radically honest mm. with you is the greatest love they care enough about you to see your growth. So whatever we okay. call it, a blind spot or a, a point of what did you call it? A point of growth potential.
5: <laughs> I think blind spot is okay, Go but ahead. deficiency I really challenged, you know, because I think okay. I think I do think we, we can say something it. like I just don't know it yet, but it doesn't have to be a less than lack yes. than And that's not, this is not just you. This is all of us, especially as women. And so I'm just, I'm offering that, I think for all of us of like, in the ways that we speak to ourselves, does it have to be that something is wrong or could it just be, it's been an unknown until this moment, you know?
6: I love that. Okay. So Debbie, y'all, Debbie will point out my unknowns in remarkable, loving ways. How about that? I love you. Okay. I like that. There's, something, I like that. I think there's something else that you
5: said that really struck me, Angela, and I never heard anybody speak to it yet. You talked about the personal grief of experiencing um, that Trump election cycle in that four years. Yeah. That, like, I literally mm. have chills right now because I have not heard anybody speak to that, and it needs to get spoken to, especially... You know, for for people like you who have given so much and in that space specifically of justice and the political realm to be so studied, to have put down such tremendous foundation for so long. And then you have something like this that turns it on ahead where it's like, how is this possible? This goes against everything that I've worked for and fought for and believed so can you kind of deepen in that for a second? Um, that, that's so profound
6: to me. I hope I can do this without crying or cussing. I'm a cussing Christian. I'd be telling these people, Lord, <laughs> it, let me tell you. I, can t- I remember when I got home, first of all, you talking about not having blind spots. I was completely unaware that this was possible. Yeah. Com- like when I tell you, Debbie, I was going on air like cocky, like of course Hillary Clinton's going like like cocky, like full on. Like, I can't believe I'm even having to waste my time with you people. Like, you are completely ignorant. What are you talking? Like, completely in judgment, annoyed, condescension. I was so cocky about it. And part of my cockiness was a deep resentment for everything that man represented. He didn't start like the racism nonsense around the election. Yeah. He started it as like the chief spokesperson for the birther movement against Barack Obama, right? So for me, I'm just like, this country's evolved. Like I know we still have racism, and sure it's not trend, but post-racial, like they said about Barack Obama, but we've evolved enough, we wouldn't do this. Lo and behold, we did this, <laughs> or they did this. So I got home the night of the election, face plant on my floor, and sobbed like somebody wow. died because a part of me wow. did. A part of me did, and Oof. it felt like a continuing betrayal of the ancestors, mm. and a con- like an, and a continuing betrayal of for future generations, because I knew that the impact of his election was not going to end in four years. Right. And the thing that I think is a positive about it is one, I definitely needed to be knocked down a peg because of where like my, I was so arrogant about it. Um, And then I really deepened into anger, that resentment. Turned into even deeper resentment on air. I would get so frustrated. I was paired with people who didn't have to have the same qualifications as me. And so the microaggressions that so many of our brothers and sisters talk about at work, right? You're You're watching it happen on air. And so people would say like, you speak for me. And it's because I could say the thing on air that they couldn't say at work when somebody came at them sideways. But Debbie, over time, that's toxic. So my dad, who many of my friends call Papa Rye, Papa Rye would call after a segment and he would know that it broke me. And I would just sob. Like, I can't believe I'm having to do this. I can't believe this is real. I was in deep denial about where we were. And so it meant a lot to me that people would say, you speak for me, but man, I wanted to say something that felt a whole lot better than what I had to argue about every time I was on air. And I think over time, I just really... I started to resent that. Like this doesn't feel like a proactive strategy for us to deepen into our power. It feels like I'm on my heels just swinging to fight back just to keep us afloat and it just was draining. Wow. And I got to the point where I was like, "You know, this isn't healthy. You know, this isn't healthy. This isn't how we're going to move the culture forward. This isn't." And I'm again, I'm not um trying to take away from anybody who said I'm your voice or I'm speaking for the culture. I like, I'm grateful. But I also know the culture has so much more to say. We have, I mean, we literally built this country on our backs. We have a whole lot more to say. And to be on the other side of this now, on the other side of the 2020 election, we got a lot more to say about this administration. This administration told us that they were going to be much better for us, right? That um, that we wouldn't have to worry about these bigoted, xenophobic immigration policies that um, justice and policing would become a real thing because, um nine minutes plus is too long for a police officer to have their knee on somebody's neck, you know, that we would be able to to vote freely, like John Lewis literally was beaten and bloodied for people died for this right to vote, and here we are on the other side of this election, and none of those things are true. I just summarily reject that, and so my issue isn't with party and no this isn't a, a pitch to become republican i'm still very much a progressive but my pitch is isn't it time for us to end this racism y'all mm-hmm. like isn't it time for us to completely get rid of the things that hold people back especially the people who built this yeah. country and so that's where i am now i'm just like what is righteous what is what is moral what is um, you know from a human decency standpoint what is decent That's the only conversation I want to have. How do we move that forward? And so to me, Debbie, that is the bridge between a wellness journey, you know, building character and deepening into your gifts and our politics and our culture and our history. You know, like we have people fighting about teaching real history in school. You guys got to live for years in history books. It's time out for that. Like we have come into a full reckoning, coming into the full knowledge of the truth. We can't do anything but stay right here and deepen into it. We're not going backwards. Backwards. backwards, 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 backwards.
0: You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots being able to reach them in the first place your spot is out there find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower advanced tech and 281 pound-feet of torque got my
1: Prevnar 20 shot it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine for us wise folks it helps protect
2: I'm 19 strong
1: and asthmatic and at higher risk
3: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
0: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat Burn at GetSmartburn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartburn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
6: And you know what comes for for me, Angela,
5: it's like and maybe it's just going to take time. You know, it's like a few shifts happen, a few paradigms change, you know, for us. And then sometimes it takes us a few decades, I guess, to catch up with. That's how I feel in terms of right now, the country being well and us understanding, you know, mental health is having its moment in the sun in this moment. That specific term is on everyone's mouth. Mental health, mental health. Oh, I'm an advocate for mental health. I believe in mental health. We have to stay study what the hell is happening and has happened in all of our collective psyche and in this country. And I feel like, you know, and it it takes so freaking it feels it feels like it's taking so long when we think about the inception of the field of psychology or holistic studies, but it's mm-hmm. like the thing that really struck me during the whole last several years is like, how are we not calling out the fact that this person in office very clearly has mental disorders, very clearly. And then it turns into this, oh, we don't go around diagnosing. Okay, let's study it. Let's get the top psychologists, therapists, somatic therapists, cognitive therapists in the field to really look at the course of this person's life at the decisions and choices made at the things said at the very clear manipulations and lies and to this day it strikes me that we haven't been calling that out it's a clear display mm-hmm. of someone who is disordered now in you know in my understanding and my personal studies obviously i can't make a di- diagnosis but this is a whole sociopath this is a whole High level on the spectrum narcissist, you know, and Mm -hmm. we need to be studying how one becomes that. Right. Like if we look back at some of the things that have to do with Trump's background in his childhood, it's like, okay, he had a father that clearly looked very disordered Mm -hmm. and mentally and emotionally and abusive. So at what point did that change him? At what point did that turn him into someone that is apathetic and has the inability to care and the inability to see truth in any way? And then how has that affected Mm -hmm. his main following? Because it's very clear that there is something on a psychological level that is happening or not happening with the people that cut for him. And I just don't understand. Like I'm tired of staying on the surface of everybody misusing language. Oh yeah. Mental health. Oh, wellness, wellness. Okay. To be well, we have to change to be well. We have to step forward and speak truth and dive into and excavate and get in the damn crevices. (laughs) you know, and disrupt Mm -hmm. it and heal it. And so I feel like mental health is getting weaponized. I feel like wellness gets weaponized. I feel like so many people, um, take over language and it becomes used as a tool for spiritual bypass and emotional bypass. And that's, you know, that's what I really took away from one of the biggest things we needed to notice about this, this, um, last several crazy years in politics.
6: See, and the the thing, too, to me is I started getting upset with people just scapegoating Donald Trump, right? Like, talking about his mental health and him being a sociopath, which I agree with, like, again, clearly, right? Like, you didn't need any more signs. And not to joke about it, but, like... Harry Reid, um, the former Senate majority leader, said, and it's so right, he said, Donald Trump is the Republican Party's Frankenstein,
4: mm-hmm.
6: right? And the reason why he could say that is because, Debbie, there were a bunch of enablers, oh, God, yes. all the primary voters were enablers, right? The, with The whole point you were just making around, oh, but he's resonating with some folks now, why is that? And still, even if it's not um, the sociopath behavior on the Democratic side of the aisle, what in you uh, says it starts to um, develop a hierarchy for humanity where you say, it's okay for me to take advantage of this right. group of people. It's okay for me to marginalize this group of people. It's okay for me to leave you forgotten and voiceless over here, but these folks over here, we got to yeah. look out for Whatever that is in yeah. our psyche, in our collective psyche, in our collective consciousness, that yes. has to change too. Oh, 100. So it's not just that yeah right It's not just the individual diagnoses it's it's also on a macro level what needs to shift mm-hmm. these um systems of oppression that have been here for so long that people are now so comfortable with they will start an insurrection on January sixth at the nation's capital. What has to shift for that? What about the way you define power has to change so you know that abuse of power is not acceptable and never was?
5: And that's what I mean. Like, we need to be studying the whole look at the gaslighting of America, especially because we are, in comparison, such a new country. You know, we're we're the leading in the world, but... 1776 is when we started populating over here in the way that we did. Um, And we brought, you know, we quote unquote, created a government system rooted in equality. And from the very words Mm -hmm. of our constitution- mirrored against what was actually happening, that is the definition of gaslighting. We were denying reality yes. as a country. We were saying something, writing something, asking people to memorize and declare something that was not actually true or happening. And it's like that fundamental um that fundamental mistruth is what everything this society that we've created here is built upon. Our consumerism is built upon. Our advertising is built yeah. upon. And so it's like at what point do we really look at the mechanics of that to create systems of change? You know, and there, there's so many layers of things that have to be excavated, cleaned, cleared, um, looked at and yeah. created. But I think at a fundamental level, it really starts with the way in which we have really messed up the human psyche in America. And we can't, you know, in, in my kind of um, generalized way of of saying or talking about it in this moment, it's just we can't be well. We can't make the significant sweeping changes that have to be made to honor our individual humanity until we really look at the mechanics of our foundation and how that informed the ways yes. that we look at ourselves feel about ourselves treat ourselves especially
6: in this country. Yeah, that's the thing, Debbie. It's like when you talk about the foundational work and I think going back to what you were, you know, saying to me on my own journey, I think that's really what's behind yeah. it for me. Like I'm not going to go around just pointing out all of the shortcomings of this country or the people who continue to implement those abuses. What do I need to change wow. too? Because I don't want to be even an accidental perpetrator of that, right? Like, I don't want to participate in that. Like, how can I be in the highest level of integrity across the board in my own systems that I create, in my business, in my relationships with myself? Yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, I need to do this personal work and then American can figure out. No, we can operate on two tracks but i also want to make sure that i'm seeing it as clearly as possible that i can you know approach this with compassion with empathy for the people who are on the other side of the abuses especially for the other folks i just want to tell them the truth i'll try to do that more tenderly and love but it's really hard 400 plus <laughs> years later <laughs> it's like it's, woo It's tough it's tough and you and you hear those conversations so often where people are like Well, I didn't own slaves, and it's like no, but you're the benefactor of folks who did. You're the beneficiary of folks who did, and so can you at least own that responsibility, you know? And that's what I'm saying. Like even in the smallest, the micro, you know, level um, examples of that. Like for myself, when I've done something wrong, and even if I didn't think it was that bad, can I own my my own wrong? It's the same thing, you know. Like we have to. Um, model the behavior that we want to see. And I think that's that gets us closer to where we want to be. Thank God for the folks that are the allies out here or the accomplices. They say allies, not a strong enough <laughs> word these days, for the accomplices who will do that work and will challenge their friends and family members to do that same work. It's imperative. Mm-hmm. They can't shift without them, literally.
5: <sighs> yeah, what a time to be alive. <laughs> What a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. I think in so many ways, like it's, I I find it to be exhausting, but exciting, you know, it's like, yeah. think of all the generations that of people, and it was probably fewer amounts that were noticing things like this, but there was no way to speak it. There was no way to actually make personalized choices that created different ways Mm -hmm. of being. And it's like, even on, even on some of the harder days being here on earth in this crazy crazy experiment that's happening. <laughs> that that gets me through. That that really allows me to feel um excited about the work. What are you
6: excited about right now? Oh um I'm excited about growth. I'm also tired. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like life is coming at me fast on every side, but I'm like, okay, clearly we're supposed to be in this um, right now, I've been describing this season as um being in the like a hot desert with the sun beating down on you, and you're like, where can I just go hide in some shade real quick? And there's no place to go. So I'm excited about um the journey and what's on the other side of it because I, I know that I'm going through it without very um, very many grace pockets for a reason. Like I need to learn in this you Know in this haze up environment for whatever reason. I am also, um, I'm so excited for my godson who graduates this year or this uh in 2022 and will be um going to college. I'm excited for his potential, um, for all these young people who are doing dope and incredible things. Um, what else? I'm excited about um this book, the journey for the book. I'm excited about that. Um I'm so else? excited for this book too. I'm so <laughs> excited for all the things. I,
5: it, I know you are. Yeah. Just knowing, you know, knowing some of the ways in which your mind works and your heart works, I just know that this book it it's just going to bless people. It's going to free people.
6: Thank you, sis. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And and I just feel like um this season for me is really about, um, it's a cracking opening. You know, there have been a lot of places where, you know, things broke off, broke up, broke down. But I know now like those pieces, they shattered off me because there's something new. It's like snakeskin. It's like really knowing like there's an unfolding happening and it's so dope. And so when I'm, when I'm not afraid of like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where we're going. I'm like, but I can take comfort in knowing I'm so much better than when I began this journey. Um, and that's exciting, too. Like, for once, like, okay, I have the faith to know it's going to be so much better. And that is exciting because I know I can't see it. A blind spot. <laughs> Not a deficiency. <laughs> Not a blind spot. <laughs> I was, I was teasing because your eyes were closed. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, we troll you I know, love. Listen, love. trolls. you. know. Listen, Angela trolls
5: me so hard. <laughs> it is, like, the funniest. I don't think I've ever had a friendship quite like this. Yeah, you, you troll oh. me so hard. It's so funny. And you do it, you try to like sprinkle it in in like the sweetest little voice, like right before we hop off the phone, you'd be like, Da-da-da-da-da. okay, girl. Okay, sis. All right. <laughs> all right. Hold on. First
6: of all, I know that I can't be a bigger troll than our dear oh, brother God. Leonard. I That's know that crazy. I can't That's Exactly. Crazy. So she does have another troll in I'm her life. Guy. There's two of us. Exactly. I know. Lord help me. She didn't see him right now because it's and
5: then Angela be trying to make me think that I'm trolling. It's like, I feel like I'm being gaslit by you
6: too. No, you don't think that was a troll moment just now, ladies and, <laughs> and gents, in case you ask you just call me a gaslighter. Like, no, what? never,
5: never, never, what? never.
6: But yeah, this was But no, I'm, um, and then this, I'm loving these 90s vibes. That's the other thing I'm excited about these 90s vibes. I hope Debbie breaks out all the 90s vibes. This is a whole, yeah. I don't know folks. if everyone's sees okay. me. I don't know if we're doing I'm this on video.
5: We might have a clip, but oh, I got sorry. my little, I got Live my little sticks on a in. Yeah, I got so my little, thank you. It's a vibe.
6: They have a video clip up. It's a vibe. Somebody come it's get it's Angela. How? No, it's, true. it's true. So in case you all missed, I just said I don't live in boxes. So I like fashion. I like candles. I like this um, store that Debbie hit me to called Shaman's Market. I like to eat. We both like to eat. We like to laugh. We like to dance. I love Debbie's playlist. we talk Collection. about this before. So
5: I'm just multifaceted. You really are. You're so. You're such an interesting person. Um, you have so many, you have so many, so many beautiful facets of you you know and i think especially like your house is such a great representation of that um it's such like the perfect you just get it the second you walk into your house you're like i'm in angela's psyche right now i am inside of angela right now i get it <laughs> okay Wow. Before we get out of here, um, I'd like to ask, I'd like to ask Angela, if you have any soul work um, that you could share with the collective right now. And so, you know, maybe that's something that you are personally savoring um, a, a, a point mm-hmm. or a piece of self-inquiry that could be journaled to later, or just thought about later. And I'd also love to know three things that you really enjoy that help you recharge yourself um, or help you connect to you when you're in
6: your process. That's good. Okay. I'm going to do the three things first. Cause I feel like that's easier. Um, so Devi, y'all has hipped me to this idea of a salt bath with <laughs> all <laughs> of the salt. Right. Like, Y'all like all of the salt, like bags on bags on bags. Now, what Debbie doesn't know is that I refuse to do three bags of Epsom salt, and I'm just doing one. But that's all with like three bags before. I I do I did it that time, but now? See, now I lose the draw, y'all. But anyway, I did the, I did, I followed the instructions the first time, but now I just do one whole bag. And I told Naja to do this. And she was like, You do a whole bag? This is like $15. And I was like, No, it's not. And I was like, I said, I'm going to tell you, like Debbie told me, Are you worth it? And she was like, I'm going to put the whole bag in. <laughs> and listen, so I definitely am loving these baths. I was going to say,
5: say, It's cheaper on Amazon. I ordered the Amazon brand Epsom salts. Girl, if they're not sponsoring this podcast, I don't know. Be giving but now. I want, I want everyone to have it. If you go into the store and you get the Dr. Teals, which the is Amazon,
6: y'all which it. is
5: great, it's but it is like fifteen dollars. And I go on Amazon and I get a bag with the same amount, and it's like five
6: dollars. Um, So you know, I like I like Amazon. You better sponsor this podcast, not just these trips to Mars. <laughs> she didn't give you three shout outs and I tried to stop. i sorry. Hard.
5: I just really I want everyone just, to know to how to get it. the that's things and how to get them on the low, so that it doesn't have to be a once a week thing or a once a month thing. Like, could you do this three nights a week if you
6: needed it? She could say this on every podcast if Amazon sponsored. That's all I'm saying. She would say this. On I every would podcast. also that's like to saying. go
5: to space at some point, so I'll throw that out there too.
6: Okay, so so that's okay. The thing. I was my number one. I got two more. I got two okay, more. Tell Debbie. Me, tell me. Two more. So the other things, the other things that um I love, you may not remember this, but you told me, you might remember this, it wasn't that long ago, but you told me to do a playlist for my sixth grade oh. self. Um, so that I could and eat some of the sixth grade <laughs> food so that I can remember some of the positive things and not just the yeah. negative trauma aspects of sixth grade. I love that playlist because it's 9192 and it is epic. And I also have started um for my book, which is on freedom, like a playlist for that. And it's wow. just like now, and again, y'all don't understand, like y'all need to have Debbie do a playlist thing because she's very good at this. But the playlists, the playlists are a game changer. And it also has taught me that, um, our holiness and those most sacred moments can also have some ratchet in it. And in case you missed it, I am Sophista Holy Ratchet. <laughs> it was such a Sophista Holy <laughs> Ratchet. <laughs> what about Sophista Divine? Oh, ratchet? I love that. that. That is so you. That is yes. so you. No, that's our whole friendship. That's our oh whole friendship. God. What do you mean? No, it's our whole friendship. Okay, what's my third one? My third one is. So
5: while you're thinking of three, I want to let everyone know that the piece about the playlist, especially as it relates to our inner child, I have an inner child episode that I dive more into that. So if that piques your interest, look up the inner child episode.
6: I'm watching that today or listening to that today. Um, I'm listening to that today. So my third one. So I was writing in Mara Brock Akil's space. She had me as an artist in residence for the last two months um, to write the book. And Mara was like, when you write, write in flowy clothes. So I got all this stuff from, I'm not going to say where, because they need to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> but I got all this stuff from a place that should not be named, that it's not the one that Debbie kept saying someplace <laughs> else. And I got all these like flowy, I'm a jumpsuit purse like <laughs> fanatic. So jumpsuits, all these flowy pieces. And it really wow. does help. I do think that there are places where you write and you need to be supported, because I also love some stretch pants. And in those moments where you need to be supported and wow. held, that's probably when you put on, you know, like stuff that uh, will hold you a little more tightly. But the flowy thing, the stuff comes. So Mara, I love you for that. Shout out to you for that one. Um, now, the other question was, what am I learning that I need to journal about? Yeah.
5: Right? Or no, what, it, what is maybe a thought that came to you that could be useful um, for anyone listening
6: to think about later? Um so i've really been um kind of chewing on this quite a bit i did a um ig live on it but it is how we live in the gray matter we really truly exist in the gray matter but so often sometimes on ourselves but especially with other people we love to put people in a black and white box like, oh, well, you did this and it's because mm-hmm. of that. But when it comes to ourselves, it's like, well, that happened because such and such. We give ourselves the grace of the reason. But with other people, there's no mm-hmm. grace for the reason. It's just like, this is black. People. I can't believe you did that. You're a terrible human being, whatever it is. And really, the the, the truth of the matter is um, we're human and um, not God because we have shortcomings, because we have. Uh, thorns in the flesh, because we have temptation, because we have um, trauma, because of all of the things we experience that make us the humans who we are, that is what causes us to live in the gray matter. Those are the things that keep us humble, but they are there to keep us humble so we'll be gracious to our neighbors. And so that's one of the things I'm really um, noodling on and want to dig deeper into because I think there's a real blessing there. I'm someone who deals, you know, I'm, I can be judgmental because I had the gift of discernment. I can be hypercritical because of that same gift. What happens if I deepen into the grace around that? How much more discerning, intuitive, you know, and gracious would I be if I stayed right there was like, well, we live in the gray. It may not be that cut and dry. And as much as I would prefer that control, (laughs) it's not mine to have. So that's what I've been thinking about. A master lesson on grace. We could all use
5: a little more of it, right, for ourselves and in the way that we connect to others.
2: have a lower response to the vaccine side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site fatigue headache muscle and joint pain for full prescribing information please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit prevnar20.com
3: ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with prevnar20 even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine
0: tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results
4: Dropping
5: gym. It's funny because that even brings me back to how we started this show with the way that people were reacting to things that were said, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think that was my overwhelming, um, you know, I, I don't really look at comments and I don't really open my DMs because it's just a lot of energy. Even the really good stuff, it's kind of like, okay, this mm-hmm. is a lot. You know, I, I still got to be in my life. Um, but yeah, it's even, yeah. you know, even for... I think about that sometimes as it relates to even the people that say unkind things to people online, you know, it's like, but if that's the only place that you feel you can be heard or expressed, or if that's your only way to release the inner chaos that you feel inside every day and you think that that's actually giving you a release, like, I get it. I understand it, you know, and it's like, it's not okay. And it's not quote unquote good, whatever, you know, those polarities are, but I do understand, you know, um, which is why I think sovereignty is so important. Like being self-sovereign, which is what was displayed in that clip, as opposed to, you know, an idea of selfishness. It's like, we all have the right to act and be however we wish. Um, But can we do it with a little more grace? Can we do it with more grace for ourselves and our needs? Can I still be in grace even if I see you trying to maybe get me out of it?
6: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, you know, Debbie, to the point, even going back to boundaries, you're someone who I hope to emulate when communicating my boundaries. I didn't realize that I struggled with. Um, setting boundaries, like, you know, again, like, like that martyrdom that really is pervasive, I think, especially in oh your community yeah. and com- what really <laughs> is color, right? But, like, how can I take up this space for myself, you know, and without apology and still don't have to be rude? Yeah. Just clear. Just clear. Like, again, yeah, no, I can't do that today. Just clear. No energy behind it. Just like, no, I can't do that today. Like, every time you tell me no or you can about something, I'm like, She got to do that. I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. There's other friends. I'll be like, what do you mean? But I've never felt like that. It's like, so like, it's not a punitive boundary. It's a loving boundary. that's such a beautiful (laughs)
5: way to say it. Yeah. It's not, it's not about punishing and it's not about withholding. And I think that's what we're trained to Mm -hmm. believe when someone says no, that it's a, it's a power pull or it's a withholding or it's an againstness. And it's like. But if we don't know the inner workings of everyone's life, like we can't assume that, you know, we don't understand the pulls that people have. And sometimes it's just, hey, it's just no, because we deserve that, too, without reason. It can just be no for a no. Um, But it it takes so much practice. And I think that's why it was so – it really was beautiful for me to see the mixed responses because that helps me know where people are at and that further informs my work. And my work is to help people be yeah. free. My work is to help people accept mm-hmm. themselves and love themselves at the deepest level. Um, but yeah, it takes boundaries take such a tremendous amount of practice. And I remember when I first realized that I severely lacked having any boundaries in my life the first few months of being in practice with it, it was really scary. It was, it was excruciating saying no. I mean, to say no to one thing that now I would, girl, no. And I would walk away and never think of it again. I would think about it for days, how to say no in just the way or how, you know, and it's like, I can cast all of that aside. You know, if my no brings up something in someone else, then I definitely should have said no. (laughs) Then I know I'm right on track, you know? Like if my no to somebody is causing you to want to disrespect me, be angry at me, be in judgment of me, you needed my no too. Because you have to explore how you feel about your boundaries and other people's boundaries, you know? But it's a, you know, I I loved, because even to that clip, people are like, oh my God, I want to say no like that. I want to be able to do that. You have to practice it every day. It, it It took me my whole life to learn how to say no, and that's why I say it with Ooh. such depth and such joy. Now I don't say I'm not like no. I'm like oh no, no thank you. Like
6: have you ever been? Have you ever been like hell? Yeah, no, girl, no, <laughs> F- no. <laughs>
5: But I but you know what? And that's that's what I think is so, and we talked about this on the episode that I hope everyone listens to, but I think that is what's so great about being in friendship with other people who love themselves, or even and and I know that takes time. And so if anyone is listening does not feel deep in their own self-love, that's okay. You're getting there, you will be there, and you are worthy Mm -hmm. of love right now in this moment. But it's so beautiful to be in practice with our friendships, to be in a space where one wrong answer or one trigger or one poke of a wound doesn't mean that we're now cast aside. And, you know, I don't believe that. um, I don't consider people to be disposable. No one. Even people that I dislike, yeah. even people that I have cut out of my life, I still think that they're worthy of love, mm-hmm. that they are beloved children of God, but I can make a conscious choice to not be in active participation with them. But I don't think people are disposable mm-hmm. enough, especially friendships. Like I don't think that there is anything that we can't be on the other side of, or at least at personal peace with, even if there's distance with the conversation, mm-hmm. you know? And so I love like in our friendship and um, our friendship with Leonard and our, and, and many of our friendships that we have separately with people, it's like, we can be in practice. We can get it a little wrong sometimes. It's okay. We can get it really right. You know, I can say something and you can be like, listen. I respect it. Please don't talk to me like that. That's not how I, that's not how you have to get that across to me, you know, or, Hey, I didn't feel what, can you give me more clarity on what you meant when you said that? Or I heard a tone in that. Can you just let me know what you were feeling inside? You know, and we don't have to be in agreement about any of it. I could still be mad. You could still be mad, but can we, can we communicate from a deeper aspect of ourselves from a higher aspect of ourselves?
6: I love it. Over here dropping, (laughs)
5: Jill. Thank you for coming on the show. I know you're about to disappear from the world because you're going um, into full writing mode and you're going to be on sabbatical.
6: A little one. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. What's that going to look like for you? I have a rigorous schedule that I wrote out so that I'm clear about the fact that I'm on assignment. And so the sabbatical is not rest. It is just like being on one track so I can be an available accessible vessel mm-hmm. that is my mission right now. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so we gotta bad. move off that distraction.
5: hmm That's so powerful. Yeah. Angela Rye, I
6: love you. Thank you. I love you, girl. So glad you can see 2020. <laughs> see, better than Superman, child. You got vision on this thing. I love you. <laughs> Everybody,
5: please um, take Angela's deep, deeply wise and beautiful tips with you. Think about them today. Um, if you have any time later today, maybe pull out a line that really meant something to you and close your eyes and meditate on it. Write a couple bullet points to it. But Anything that resonates that you hear in this show, even anything that brings up charge in you, take time to spend with it. Spend time with it. See where it leads you. Thank you for listening. Big love. Big love. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, Debbie dot com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack Queese and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your
1: favorite shows.
3: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia
0: vaccine. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. That pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over thirty percent on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.